Good evening and welcome to a very special edition of Fundamentals and OKC UK podcast. I am your host, Thomas Snowden, the founder of OKC UK. And joining me as always, Mr. Reliable himself, Mr. Janelle Taylor. How are you this week, Janelle? Great. Just great. <laughs> it's not really, you'll have a special surprise later today, guests. Um, yeah, today's been good. Yeah, I'm just going to say it now. The, the thing that's coming later in the in the episode we've already recorded. So the guys are absolutely buzzing right now, as I'm sure you're about to hear from Mr. Harry Collins. How are you, Harry? I am very well. I'm over the moon, as Janelle said. But yeah, this is definitely my favourite podcast today, and I'm sure it's your two's always up there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly up there. It's been an exciting last hour or so, and it's, it's nice to just reflect on it now. But we're going to talk some other stuff before we transition into... The very special surprise. Um, so I want to talk, start off talking about, it's, it's, it's now the 1st of June, it's draft month. Draft on the 23rd of June, um, which isn't too far away, only three, yeah, three and a half weeks. Obviously, we're still looking at number two, number 12. So just wanted to know, like, has anybody had a transition change in their mind on who they want it to or who they think number one will be like Janelle we'll start with you you're the most draft in depth guy out of the three of us so who are you who are you expecting to go one and two or who do you want it to and then you're more likely to know who you want at 12 and 30 as well so what are you thinking I feel like number one will probably go from all the reports that we've seen and that we've heard I feel like Orlando would take Jabari Smith Jr number one it's possible that may change. Uh, their front office has previously taken length, has prioritised taking length. If you look at it, like Mo Bamba, uh, Jonathan Isaac, players of that ilk, that's kind of who they've sort of prioritised. Obviously, Chet kind of fits into that mould. But I feel like the reports that we're hearing, it seems like Jabari's their guy. So that leaves a choice between Chet and Paolo. I have to say I'm leaning more towards Chet. I just think that if you look at his defense and what he does, is like he's a very much a floor raiser on that end of the floor. Um, he's an excellent rim protector. He's a fantastic weak side helper. He's kind of gangly. He's gangly and quite you know long arms, quite fast as well, so he can guard in space. He's a very very adept defensive player already, and he will only get better at the NBA level. There's also the fact he pops out for jumpers. I think he shot 39 percent in college from three. If he's pretty much like, and he's, you know, as a pick and pop, you know, player, his jumper is pretty much unguardable due to the fact he's basically seven foot tall. He's who I'd have at number two. At 12, if he gets there, I'd really like AJ Griffin. He's six foot six. He shot 43% from three in college. I admit his game's not complete. I think his ball handling needs a bit of work. So does some of his defensive little tendencies. Uh, he has a tendency to go a little bit more towards sort of prevent defense rather than actually like playing the system or playing the floor as it should be. Uh, but he's definitely who I'd want at 30. I would like Nikola Jovic from Mega Basket out of Serbia, who's six foot nine. He's a jumbo playmaker. His parents were both professional basketball players. He grew up in Leicester, you know, lived there until he's about 12 or 13, and then he moved to Belgrade. Um, He's who I would want because he's like a drafted such kind of guy and he kind of fits with the team ethos. You know, we've got Giddy, 
We've got Krejci, we've got Poku. He kind of fits with what we're doing at the moment. Yeah, 100%. I'm I'm with you on Chet. I'm with you on AJ Griffin. I'm still a huge fan of AJ Griffin. I know a lot of people are worried about the medical side of it with him. Uh, there's there's no risk for me. There really isn't a risk. Not not a 12. If you, you'd, you'd worry about the injury issues a lot more if it was a top three pick, for example. Like That might worry a bit more. But with a pick 12 and the core we've already got, I don't think it's much of a risk at all. Uh, number thirty. I, I don't know many players that guys uh, that low down. I have. I do know a bit about uh, Jovic. I know exactly what Janelle has said, pretty much. But it's certainly an interesting time as it it's getting closer, and we all know Sam Presti's probably going to pull a blind one and draft Jaden Ivey at number two. Like you, you really wouldn't put it past him. But Harry, what are your thoughts? I know you're fairly similar to me in terms of draft knowledge, but where are you with the number two pick? Yeah, with number two, um, I'd I'd be happy with either. I'd probably want to go with Chet. Still, same as last time we recorded, I still want Chet on the team more than Jabari, even though I think Jabari's a great player and he's probably NBA ready more than um, Chet is. Like Janelle said, I have seen a lot of a lot of Twitter feed being Magic will take Jabari at one, not Chet, which I'm happy about. But then. It's like why would what what they're missing out on? Do you know, obviously we don't know who we're going to pick yet, but um, yeah, I'd rather go with um, Chet, but I'd obviously be happy with Jabari as well. Um, and with twelve, I really don't know that far down. The only guy I know, I know AJ Griffin. I know the players. I just don't know what they play like. And I'd I'd go with Jeremy Sohan just because of the fact he's British and um, and yeah, he's just he just looks really good. And obviously. He's British. So, Jeremy Sohan, but I feel he's going to go maybe eight, nine. I've seen reports on. I don't know if he's that high up in your guys' eyes, especially Janelle, but yeah, I'd like him in 30. I have no idea. Yeah, I, 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 I do like... If, go, on, go on, Janelle, go on. I think if Portland don't trade the pick at seven, I think Sochan would be a great pick for them. Because if you think about it like this, there was a lot of rumours that they wanted to do a McCollum for Simmons deal. I'm not saying Sochan is Simmons, but like he kind of offers similar qualities in the fact that he's a multi-positional, very lengthy defensive player who's kind of got an iffy jump shot, but he's a very smart player, can play two or three positions in a few different coverages, and he's quite comfortable. He would certainly go a long way to sort of shoring up their, like, defence and making them a lot, a lot stronger rather than being the turnstile that it's been over the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I like Soch as well. He's, I think obviously with the fact him being British will obviously help our own minds on him, especially we want, we want to see more Brits going into the league. So uh, he's, he's one of those guys that I'm, I'm not going to be against drafting him, but he's going to be one of those guys I look out for in future seasons for as long as he's in the league. Same as like players like uh, OG Ananobi. Absolutely love the guy. Helps he's British. But um, last last thing about the draft that we'll talk about before we move on. Um, just wanted to touch on Paulo Panchero's comments in the last couple of days saying something along the lines of he doesn't like the Thunder. He grew up with the Sonics. So he's kind of just got no respect for the Thunder. Now, the very first thing I done was look at his age. 
to try and figure out like how old was he when he when the Sonics were moved to OKC and became the far superior franchise. Um, uh, but it turns out I looked at his age and then went to do a bit of research on Twitter, and it turned out that um, the great Andrew Schlecht, who covers the Thunder extremely well on Twitter, had already beat me to pretty much what I was already going to say. So I'm just going to quote what his tweet was. Panchero was seven when the Sonics moved to the OKC. Of course he didn't like the Thunder. I don't expect my seven-year-old to have a lot of knowledge about things that happened to him this year later on in life. This is exactly what I said to myself when I saw this news and saw how old he would have been. Like I, like Andrew says there about he don't expect a seven-year-old. I don't expect me as a 26-year-old. And that was only last year. That was only a couple of months ago. I can't remember what happened then. I can't, can't speak for anyone else, but if he doesn't like OKC, stay far away from him, in my opinion. But I <laughs> to think be, um, to, to be fair, he wasn't any of our favourites anyway. Yeah, I don't. I doubt we'd, unless um, Sam sees something crazy that we don't see. I don't think he's going to come to us anyway. But it's just a fact. He's not even in the league yet, and then he's so. There's 30 teams you get selected to, and there's only a handful of people get selected, and yet he's saying he has a chance to go number two or number three and yeah he's slating off the team that's number two I just don't get like you can tell he's I don't know how old he's 18 19 you can tell he's like in four or five years if he's um, if he's struggling for a contract I doubt he will be and okay see so the only team there it's like what what happens then I just think it's very immature from what he said and I think it was a bit of a bit of an impulse saying I disagree I think because if you look at I think Paul Pierce is the prime example that everybody uses. Is that Pierce? Paul Pierce is a he was a Lakers fan. You know, when he got drafted by the Boston Celtics, who are the Lakers' biggest rival, he was a Lakers fan. You know, who didn't want to play for the Boston Celtics. You know, he was very much you know an ardent Lakers fan. And over the time, he's grown to love the city, to be respected by the fan base, to love it. Over time, that does happen. It does occur that you know those barriers get broken down, and once he actually gets there and sees the real meat of it, he probably comes to like it. It's just that you know he's influenced by what he'd seen when he was a seven-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. As a nineteen-year-old man, that's something very, very different. We also see this from teams as well. Like we'll see players who will posture. Like Kobe was very did this in nineteen ninety-six. I think he didn't want to get drafted by New Jersey. He threatened to go back to Europe and play for play for an Italian team if the draft if the New Jersey Nets drafted him, which meant that he was able to get down to Charlotte and for the Lakers to to trade for him in the draft by getting rid of Divac. All of this stuff is posture, I think. Even if Banchero doesn't like the Thunder, he'll come and play here because it's his income, and he'll eventually learn to like it. I think. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good discussion. I always like when there's a disagreement. I like it when there's a bit of chat, but no, it's it's it's. I just think it's incredibly weird. Is it a kind of ploy to from Panchero to kind of say, look, I don't particularly want to play for you? Um, which obviously, like, this is me all jokes aside. Now it's not exactly very professional. Like as Harry was kind of saying, there's a lot of players that go undrafted who would love to be drafted and probably don't really care where they get drafted to. So for a player to come out and say. I don't like this team. I think it's slightly a bit unprofessional, especially when there's a high chance you could be selected by this. But that's 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 enough talking about that. So we've got a couple of uh, fun segments to do now, which 
we're just going to jump straight into because people would have seen the name of the podcast episode so people know what's eventually coming but we are saving that until we get through our actual episode but we just wanted to spend a bit of time in the off season just having a bit of fun so I thought it'd be fun to talk about our top five like a starting lineup of our favorite players in OKC personally um not exactly like the best players like for example uh Kevin Durant might not be in one of our teams but if we were talking about the best players of course he's going to be in there but our own personal favorites and I thought like my, mine's pretty much always been cemented in my head so I'm just going to come straight off the bat with mine got to have Russ at the point guard got to have SGA he's I think but because of the fact of him being the franchise player, he's kind of jumps up extremely high. Um, I've got Roberson at the three. I've I, I've was always a huge fan of Roby uh, Roberson, and um, it's, just, it's horrible what happened to him with that injury. Um, at number four, we all know what's coming at the four. If anybody knows me, we know he's playing at the four, and that's Darius Baisley. Get every but every other power forward oh, out of there. We're talking about our favourite players in our favourite team. Don't give me any slander. This is my team, my team only. And then I have Serge Ibaka at the five, which was extremely tough between him and Stephen Adams because I love them both. But I had to have Bayes in there so I couldn't put Ibaka at the four. But that's my five. Whoever wants the next five, let's fly through it. Baisley. Go on, Janelle. Baisley. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, this will be Janelle's final appearance on Fundamentals. Um, I'm going to edit him out of the, the later part of the episode as well. Oh, man. Oh, well, go on then. <laughs> now, my, my point is, Russ, a point guard will always be Russell. He's the player who I fell in love with when I started watching basketball. And, you know, he's the best player I think I've ever seen wear a Thunder jersey. At the two, I would have had Roberson. I, people seem to forget this now. Like, he's kind of been lost to history. But, like, Roberson, like, so from about 2016 to about 2018 was one of the best wings on defense in the league. Like, he would just go on locking people up. Like, it was unbelievable. Like, he just had quick feet, long arms, really, really smart. And he was just absolutely excellent at what he did. Didn't score that much, mind you. But, like, it's just as players go, he was fantastic to watch. I really, really liked PG when he was here. So he'd probably be my small forward. Like, everything about PG's game is just so smooth and it's so, like, aesthetic and it's very, like, pleasing to watch. And, like, he's just his ability to get hot from downtown. Like, I think he shot, like, 39% on, like, 10 attempts from three for the Thunder, like, in his almost MVP season. He was just insane. And, like, after, like, Durant left and, like, PG came into town, like, he was, like, the ideal co-star for us. At the four, I have Sergio Baca. Uh, he was just a bloody monster defensively. He was talking about three blocks per game. He should have won Defensive Player of the Year, like in 2012 or whatever it was. He really, really should have. Like, he was just absolutely fantastic player to watch. Had that nice 18-foot mid-range jumper. And like, it just came up with big moments, you know, for the Thunder. Like, he had games where he were perfect and like kind of swung big playoff games. At center, I've got the big Kiwi. I've got Steven Adams. Just... For the player that he was, you know, he was tough, set a tone, selfless. Like, he was the ideal thing that you wanted in, like, a team leader. Like, he was just, like, a lead-by-example kind of guy. And he, he gave his all to the Thunder. And I have to respect that. Yeah, always appreciate love for the Kiwi. I love that he's finally getting some love in Memphis now as well. So, 
Go on, Harry. What's your five? My five, I'll go with, yeah, Russ, Russ at the one. Shea at the two. I think, like you said, a franchise player. It grows. Everyone loves him. Number three, I don't know how this is going to work, and I don't think it would work um, like position-wise, but the player that got me into basketball, my first ever jersey, was KD, and I'm going to put him at the three just because of the other players I've got. I love KD. I've, I've always loved him, truth be told. And um, so, yeah, so number four, I'm going to go with Mike Muscala. I, can't, I love him as well. I can't not put him in there. Um, like I said, I don't know how this is all going to work. And at five, I'm going to go with Stephen Adams because Stephen Adams is the best centre. I've, I, Not the best, my favourite centre uh, center that's played in OKC. Tell you what, that's, that's a strong shooting team if they're all in their prime. <laughs> Russ, I was going to say, that's spacing Russ, in the half. Yeah, that's, that's proper, proper strong on offence. That might be a bit weak on the D, but yeah. strong on the offence. But no, it's good. It's, it's, it's nice just to hear some alternatives. And, and some of these players obviously don't get talked about. Like Mike Muscala making an all-time favourite five. Obviously, Mike is adored in OKC. He's adored by us. Obviously, come back, Mike. Make sure you stay with us. Um, but it's, it's just nice to see some other ways and see, give out some more Darius Baisley love that I feel that the Thunder fan base need to hear. <laughs> So He's had enough, right? Surely. Oh, Janelle, pack it in, for God's <laughs> sake, man. I'd Just pack it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, man, so I just... was all in on Burton at one point. I thought well, this guy was going to be it, and then he was just a turd, man. <laughs> right. So, j- just just to finish off before we all get to the thing that you're all here to listen to, uh, we got. A- and carry on remembering our fellow co-host who obviously sadly passed away a while ago now, Mr. Brandon Dale. So we're going to finish off with the same as what we do every episode. We've got Brandon's Daily Dose, a couple of quiz questions about the founder of OKC. Take it away, Janelle, our host with the most. Okay, so Mark Dagnall and Lou Dort were watching what rapper play basketball earlier this week. Is it A, J. Cole, B, Joey Badass, C, Quavo? A. Yeah. Okay, so you both get the point. He's just copying my answers now because I got it too quick. No, that was obvious though. I was like, what's your girlfriend sneaking in for? You, you know, we could, we, we could, we could see her. Me, yeah, she, you're not. Roby's not here now. Um, she just passed me my pizza. Ugh. Pizza? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the first Thunder player to average 30 points per game? Is it A, Russell Westbrook, B, Kevin Durant, C, Paul George? Kevin Durant, I'm going to say. See, I, oh, I, I don't know if that's right, actually. I'm, I'm just going to go left field and say it's PG. Harry, you get the point. You are correct. It was Kevin Durant. He averaged 30 points in 2009, 2010. Was it that early? Yeah. That early in his career? Wow. Mum was rolling out of bed just dropping like 20 points. Oh, no. I knew knew he scored a lot, but to average 30 points, I didn't realise there was that many, but fair play. Man, you've got some pressure on your heels now, Tom. 
Right, so Harry, you're winning 2-1. If you win, get this next answer right, you will be the champion for this week. For what country does Georgios Kalazakis play for? Is it A, Serbia, B, Greece, or C, Slovenia? I have no idea who that is. He played a lot for the Thunder, like during the last 10 games of tanking. He was picked by the Bucks with pick 60 in the draft. I was about to say, that's the guy who came from the Bucks, wasn't it? Yep. I'm going to go Serbia. He's... With a name like that, surely he's Greek. But it's a weird one. Like... Do we have a time limit here? (laughs) Surely a name like that is Greek. What were the other options, sorry? So you've got Serbia, Greece, and Slovenia. It doesn't sound like any of the others. So with a name like that, I beg that it's Greece. And if it's wrong, then I'm going to be bewildered. Okay, so Tom, you have got the points. Harry, you were wrong. We've it's got another Got to be a tiebreaker. Got to be a tiebreaker. He's, he's, Harry got so up for it while stuffing his face and making his cheeks look like a squirrel, eating pizza during a podcast. How dare he? <laughs> no, it, what, it looked like a good pizza, not going to lie. <laughs> it was dripping out, wasn't it? It was like... <laughs> yeah. How dare he? Um, but no, we'll, we'll, we'll call it a draw. Let, leave Harry with some sort of... Some some sort of passion inside him. He can't constantly lose every week, can you, Harry? <laughs> no, I'd rather take a draw. <laughs> At least you're honest. So now what, what we're going to do, guys, we're going to transition into exactly what you're here to listen to. And we'll, we'll take it away from here. Enjoy it. It was certainly fun for us. We absolutely loved it. Let us know what you thought. And obviously, remember to thunder up. And joining us now, we have OKC Thunder player number 22, Mr. Isaiah Roby. Isaiah, how are you, buddy? It's so nice to hear from you joining us on the podcast, giving up some time in the off-season. How are things? Things are good, man. I'm uh, back home in Illinois, um, you know, just working out, just trying to stay in shape and, um, you know, improve improve this off-season. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it's nice to have an off-season. Like, I know obviously 80 odd games in the season it's probably tough to be a player constantly on the road so I'm glad you're getting a bit of chill time and enjoying the off season um so we'll jump we'll jump right in because obviously um we don't want to keep you here longer so I want to talk about something that we talk about a lot on the podcast and that's how the players on the team seem to have a very strong spirit all seem to be together it seems to be like a win together lose together teammates sort of vibe in the team how is the spirit and the emotions in the team, like in every situation, on court, off the court, every scenario. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, we have a pretty pretty close-knit team. It's I, I say our team dynamic is pretty unique just because of how young we are, you know. Um, you know, I've only been a part of two organizations myself, you know, Dallas and OKC. But, um, you know, that was the one thing that stood out to me when I first got drafted to Dallas. Remember, like after practice in college, you know, we'll be in the locker room, you know, just hanging out or, um, you know, planning that, like just hanging out in the lounge, listening to music, whatever. But when I got to Dallas, you know, we had all these teammates that, you know, they had family, they had wives and kids. 
And OKC is, you know, kind of more similar to college. Like our team is so young that like a lot of us after practice, we go hang out together, you know, uh, you know, go play video games together, stuff like that. So our team dynamics pretty cool. I, I like, you know, I, I like being a part of it. And, you know, uh, Sam, Sam's always really big on getting good, um, you know, good locker room guys on the team. So it's been good. Yes, we, we certainly see it on court. And I think it's something that the fans love seeing as well is having that really close team chemistry. Um, something that might have started this, especially with your experience in OKC, is something that you referenced during the season last year, and that's the Breakfast Club. Um, obviously, there was yourself, Moses Brown, Josh Hall, uh, just to name a couple. What's I know, obviously, you said it kind of as like maybe a joke. I don't know. But you, you, you seem to say that these players were in the gym every day. You guys were the guys who looked after each other. You all had each other's back. What was the breakfast club and like, what was it that made you guys extremely close and potentially closer than the others? Yeah. I mean, the breakfast club was pretty much just like, I mean, like you said, you named, you named off a majority of the guys, um, you know, Kenrich Williams is also in there with us. Um, but pretty much guys who at that, at certain parts of the year were playing that much in actual games. And, you know, that year was a COVID year. Um, there was no G League. So, you know, this year, the, the OKC Blue, you know, a lot of us spent a lot of time down with the OKC Blue, whereas in that season, there was no opportunity there for us to play in the G League. So, um, you know, the coaches did a really good job of utilizing that breakfast club group to make sure guys were ready to ready to play when, they're, when their number was called. And, you know, um, even though it's just, you know, three on three, four on four, just being able to wake up and really compete because, you know, in a long season where you have 80 games, like um, if you're playing heavy minutes, you're not really competing that hard in practice. You know, like you want to save, like reserve your body for for the game. So for us, it was a good good opportunity to get that, you know, competitive, um, to just get our competitive juices flowing and, and improve as players. Yeah, that's, that's really exciting to hear, to see how much these players actually want the minute. So obviously, I'm sure you all do. It's kind of a silly thing to say, but to see you actually wanting to go out there and prove those minutes in the training and on the court. Um, we'll pass you over to Janelle. Janelle's got a question. Hi, Zaya. Over the last few seasons, we've seen you be a really versatile player for the Thunder. Uh, as players go, you can pass, you can shoot, you play in the half court really, really well. It's kind of clear to us that you have a great feel for the game. Where does that feel come from? Um, I would probably say just growing up, um, just being in so many different situations. Um, you know, uh, I played a, I played point guard, you know, when I, when I was really young because I was playing up. I was like, I remember my first time um, playing like really good competition. I was in fifth grade playing on an eighth grade team and I was, you know, smaller than everybody else. So I was playing, uh, playing the guard position with that team. And it's over time, like my just skills, just I was always getting challenged by my coaches. You know, I was um, that's that's definitely a big part of it. You know, I've always been blessed to have a good AAU basketball coach and a good high school coach, good college coach. And, you know, obviously great coaches in the NBA as well. So um, I think I just love that part of the game. It's being versatile, always working on your game, always adding something new to your game and, um, you know, working on your weaknesses. That's great to hear because it's just, it's clear to watch that you see there's a player that goes like, this year you added the three-seed game, you started knocking that down and it's just fantastic to see your growth. Hopefully, you know, continue here with Thunder. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. It's been great. They obviously... Uh, that's the direction OKC's going. You know, they want to develop talent. And, um, you know, um, it's, it's been great for me. You know, it's been a great, uh, great developmental, um, you know, trajectory for me. Cool. I'm just going to pass you back to Tom now. 
I'm I'm really glad that you mentioned about the the three point shot. So I I love your three point shot. It's incredibly smooth and it's been incredibly effective against the likes of Nikola Jokic, Carl Anthony Towns, especially this season. That um, Nikola Jokic matchup was incredible. I really enjoyed that game. Um, so I just want to talk about a couple of your favorite moments uh, personally in your time in OKC. I was wondering if you had a particular dunk that stands out. Obviously, you have two or three a night. There's some that stick out more than others. Like for me, there's it's, it's easy for me. There's one that sticks out, but I was wondering if you had a personal favorite and for what reason? Um, Probably the my my personal favorite is probably the one over Pirtle. You know, he's he's probably the best shot blocker that I've that I've dunked on so far. You know, um, and it was kind of funny just going back and uh, you know watching the replay, and my teammates were all excited for me. It was a, it was a great game. I remember that was the last game before the All Star break that year. So, um, you know, it was a it was a great way to to end that half of the season. Um, but yeah, just you know, always getting getting the, a good shot blocker always always feels good. That, that, that was a close second for me. Nik- uh, Nikola Vucevic's dunk, where you kind of, um, I forgot the word for him now, teased him as if you were going one way and went the other, and he ended up on the on his back lying on the floor. So, Oh, great. That, that was my first real highlight in the league, so that felt that always feels good. And now yeah. he's a great player. He, he was, you know, he was doing his thing that game too. Yeah, it, it certainly stuck with me. That was certainly special to me. And then... Last last question for me, and then I've got one from Harry to to finish off. Um, just wondering if you have your own personal favorite moment in OKC, whether that be something personal, something team related, or something that's happened off the court in the city. Just anything that really sticks out for you. Uh, I'll probably say the moment that stuck out the most is probably probably getting my first start in the NBA. Um, you know, uh, I've talked about it a lot, but um, you know, I, I kind of feel like an underdog. In a lot of a lot of situations, you know, I mean, coming from like my high school in Illinois, you know, I'm the only guy to play Division One basketball for my school. So, you know, to make it to the NBA is just, you know, it, it surpassed my 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 goals. Um, so, you know, I remember that night or that day, uh, Coach Dagnall called me and was like, you know, are you like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, I'm feeling great. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm ready to go. And he's like, yeah, you're gonna be starting tonight. You got Vucevic, you know, great test for your first night. So, and I went out and played pretty well and. Um, so yeah, that was definitely that's that's the moment that stood out the most, and that's you know that's something that's very special to me. Good, I'm I'm, I'm glad it is. It's, it's something that we, as fans, find incredibly special as well. Like any player that gets their first starts or someone who hasn't started for a while, I do, I do see a lot of the fan base on Twitter rejoicing players start, especially when they've deserved it as well. So I'm glad that that's something that's incredibly special to you because it's special to a lot of us fans as well. Um, so Harry, got a question from you to finish. Yes, sir. So I just wanted to talk about your time in college. Um, obviously, you spent three seasons in Nebraska. And with the draft coming up soon, I just wanted to get an insight if there was anything you had to adjust to from going from college to the league, anything in particular? Yeah, I mean, the game is totally different. Um, you know, I played in Nebraska, which is a school in the Big, in the big Ten. So, um, you know, um, it's, it's not necessarily a conference where, you know, we get a lot of one and done guys. We get a lot of guys that are, you know, staying all four years and you come in as an 18 year old freshman. Like I came in at probably six, seven, six, eight, like 180, 100, 175 pounds. Um, so, you know, since then I put on 60 pounds already. 
And so, like, for me, it was tough. I, I needed to go to somewhere like Nebraska where they really, uh, you know, they really put a lot of uh, resources into building up their players' bodies and, um, you know, things like that. So uh, the biggest difference between college and the NBA is probably, you know, obviously the, the athletes are better. You know, the, 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 um, the room for error is greater or it's, it's less, you know, it's, you know, it's just, it's just, everything is heightened, you know, um, college, you know, it's, it's almost like, another thing is, you know, in NBA, like last year, I'm not sure how many games we play or won, but in college, once you lose about 10 games, you know, your season's pretty much over. Um, and 10, 15 games, you know, that's about the limit. And then in the NBA, you know, you have to come out every night and be ready to play. You know, you might have a back-to-back where you get beat by 41 night and you got to come back the next night and, you know, you got to, you got to come ready to compete. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest things that, that I've taken. That's a, that's a good insight into college life. Um, it's certainly something that us, us in the UK, we don't get to experience as much because it's, it's not broadcast over here. It's there's, there's not that sort of process in the UK. It's kind of, you just get scouted really in most sports in this country. There's no college process or high school. So um, it's really intriguing to sit, hear that insight and hear the differences in the league. Um, but no, um, Isaiah, that's all the questions we have for you. Um, we hugely appreciate the time that you've given up and appreciate you in every way, on the court, off the court. Thanks for being you and thank you for joining us. Yeah, no, we appreciate you guys. You know, I mean, that's it's kind of cool. Like, OKC is similar to you know Nebraska and the fact that in Nebraska there's really um, – you know, there's the, there's the college, the university, and all the sports teams. And, you know, everybody in that area, they really rally, rally around it. So, um, you know, obviously in Oklahoma, OKC, Thunder are really, really big. And, you know, we get, we get support. But it's even cooler to see, you know, guys from all the way from the UK, you know, supporting us too. So that's awesome. We appreciate you guys. I appreciate that, Isaiah. We'll carry on supporting you as always. Thank you very much for your time. And as always, Thunder Up. 